Hey, I'm Barrett. I'm Ryan. I'm Chris. I'm John. I'm Nikolai, and we are the Dev, and thank you for checking Rock at Night. So I'm, uh, I'm Jake. I guess I'll be interviewing you guys for Rocket Night. So uh, let's get down to the nitty gritty. Um, I asked the gentleman earlier if uh, you guys are excited for Kraken Fest. So are you excited, Nikolai? I am beyond stoked. Um, I'm really into the U's and Red Jumpstop Rodas. And actually our merch girl, her favorite band ever is the U's. So telling her that we were going to be playing with them quite soon was probably just a real shocker. I mean, it's a shocker for all of us, honestly. They're legends, man. I mean, they. I was listening to them when I was, I think, like a freshman in high school. So, you know, they've been around for a minute. So, yeah, I'm really excited for you guys. Definitely a bucket list, for sure. Plus to get to play the amphitheater stage at the fairgrounds, which is a fairly newer stage that's been built within like what, like the last four years, three or four years. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's going to be awesome. So last time any of us have played there, Ryan and I played Earth Day birthday. We played on a a small, on a small acoustic stage. And before that we played King Fest a couple of times and we played on a a, a pretty decent sized stage, but it wasn't the main stage. It was one of the side stages. So just to be on the stage, a number of bands that have already been on that stage, it's pretty, pretty awesome honor to be playing it. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's great to obviously share stage with like legendary bands, but I think the other thing too, that we're really looking forward to is especially for us, because you know, we, we just went on this little like run and for us, I'm, I'm the most excited about is getting in front of the people, you know what I mean? Is being able to have opportunities to like get in front of like massive crowds to like introduce them to the depth, you know, cause we're still in that phase of like growing and building. And, um, you know, so like, well, yeah, man. I mean, isn't that what it all about? It's all about is about the fans, yeah. you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm uh, super no. stoked that you guys get that opportunity. That's, that's badass for you guys. That's a huge stepping stone for, you know, publicity and, and just, you know, to, yeah, really, really show your stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's been a good, you know, six, seven, eight months for us, you know, especially <laughs> with doing Rockville. And then we're about to, we're literally releasing a single the day before Kraken. And then it's like, you know, to play Kraken, like it's going to, it's been a crazy few months. So it's been awesome. Hell yeah. So I'm uh, how'd you guys start? Like, you know, I, that was just something I know that's like the everyday question. Oh, how do you guys form? How do you guys find each other? But it's one of those I have to ask, you know. Well, to be honest with you, the makeup of the band and the members that you see in front of you right now, it definitely has a lot of layers and it didn't it didn't all start at once. Um, John and Ryan have known each other for years and years on end. And the way a decade this year, a decade. Wow. Yeah. So they've known each other for like a decade. And I know that the way I kind of fell into the band was 
a Craigslist ad, if I'm not mistaken. And right, but it was the casual encounter. It was a casual encounter. We were looking encounters. for casual encounters. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't looking for the musician. We were just, we were trying to, no, I'm just kidding. No, it wasn't so, It was a musician. So they have, which I'm surprised because to be honest with you, um, I, I haven't really been singing for many years. I can definitely say that I've been an avid listener of music and I've definitely been in the arts in general for like a long time. So uh, before singing, I was really into like hair, makeup, a lot of show theater and whatnot. And I really wanted to go and partake into making my poems into music. And my friend kind of recommended going on Craigslist, which I'm sure everyone who ever watches this interview, they're gonna have like a really sketched out thought, which Craigslist does have kind of a sketchy vibe, but there is like a musician's kind of tab. And I was going through so many people and I must've met a lot of friends that, you know, I auditioned with, or I jammed out with at first, but then meeting John and Ryan, I was like, oh crap, like this band really has something. And like, I really want to be a part of it. Um, but then of course I was still kind of going through this like little weird phase and it took me a couple of like runarounds with them until I decided that this band was it. And then the same thing kind of happened with Chris. And then later on, as the band was technically um, uniformed, we thankfully bumped into Barrett. And then it just felt like all the pieces fell together. So it wasn't necessarily all of us meeting at once, but more so the pieces just slowly falling together and, and fitting perfectly. I can dig that. Well, that definitely yeah. answers that whole question as to how that started which is yeah awesome it was just like way more of an organic kind of you know experience it was never like mm -hmm. there was tryouts or everybody was like oh you know you need to come here and and do x amount of things it was just like hey can we get in a room together and like <laughs> make music and like get along because i mean you know and, and i think a lot of people know like being in a band is not just one-sided like you there's many facets of like that you have to do to get along with people and um and just be in a room and, and want to you know, take on the challenge of being an artist and, and especially in the music, you know, industry and business. And, you know, for us, like our goal was never, it was never going to be like a hobby or like a weekend warrior kind of wank shop. It was, you know, we want to succeed, you know, we want to take, take this to whatever level we can, you know, go about and, and, and bring it to. And, you know, so there's a business mindset and aspect to what we do as well. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Your guys' name, The Dev, where did you guys come up with that? I did. Yeah. Uh, it was blurted out at practice. Uh, out, it was it was born of frustration of not being able to agree on a band name. Yep. So, uh, yeah, it was just blurted out because I was just tired of everybody going back and forth and back and forth on this name, that name, this name. And I just I just said the dev and Nikolai was like, ooh, what does it mean? And then I made a real smart Alec remark that she didn't like. And uh, <laughs> um Maybe in person we'll tell you one day, but you got yeah. you got to be cool enough to, to be you got to be in the know to know what to know what was originally said. Um, well, it's also NSFW, so it is yeah. very we'll, NSFW. We'll say, we'll say ah. it later. We'll say it later, but <laughs> but uh, Ryan came up with a great acronym, uh, broke it down into an acronym, and it stands for Desired Evolutionary Vision. But honestly, it can mean whatever you want it to mean. It's yeah. you know, stay devoted. Um, it's whatever, but. It was just it was just a name that popped in my head. It's it's actually Hindi for God, which is kind of weird. Um, you know, That's that was no cool. Correlation. I wasn't thinking about that, but um, yeah, it's just cool. Everybody dug it, and it's short. It's sweet. It's only six letters. It looks great on a T-shirt. It's yeah. an easy logo to design, and that's the other thing. Like we were in Brian and I were in a band called I Woke Up Early for My Funeral, and 
that's a really long band name. <laughs> really hard to put seven on words. Really hard seven. to put on a t-shirt. Um, Easy to put on a tattoo, yes. but hard to put on so a t-shirt. So that, the dev, you know, it just, it really, and it pops and people, people really like it. We've gotten a lot of compliments on the band name. So it's, it's really cool. And yeah. I'm happy that, that I was able to contribute that. And, and I think too, the name doesn't, it doesn't lend itself to like too metal or too rock or too pop or too anything like that was the big issue that we were having is when we were sitting here going, well, what do we want to call ourselves? We'd come up with the name and be like, oh, that's too screamo or, oh, you know what I mean? So like, you have to be careful because, you know, you want your name to be something that you're proud of. And obviously you can tell people, yeah, I'm in the band such and such and not cringe. So it was like, you know, what do we have? And, and I think, you know, as much as there's like, you know, there's, there's some mystery and ambiguity to the name, you know, and how it started. I think at the same time, it's, it's, it's become something that I'm proud to say I'm in the band, the depth, you know, like it represents, I think a good, you know, modern hard rock bands that's, uh, you know, coming up through the ranks right now. So I'm stoked on it. Oh yeah. Your guys' music is definitely going places, man. It's really, really catchy. I mean, that's, I, I really have been listening to it nonstop for the past like three days. You know, so like, um, like Queen of the Damned, um, I don't know why it just got stuck in my head. Just it's, it's hypnotic, you know, and I, I don't know, I, I can't really pick favorites because I'm just very eclectic when it comes to my musical taste, but I've definitely been digging your guys' stuff. So it's, it's really cool that I'm actually speaking to you guys about all this. Like, oh, you know, and like your latest singles, Shameless Life. I, I love it. <laughs> I love it. So. Yeah, no, no problem, guys. Um, so you guys kind of did like a little mini tour and stuff. What do you guys like to do when you guys are out on the road? Like, what, what are fun things to do? <laughs> That's another NSFW. Dude, we are totally unedited on this, uncensored. If you want me to cut it, I can cut it. I'm just curious. So, I mean, we get fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Here's the thing I'm going to say about us. Like there's, there's cliches in rock and roll, but like, I think everybody in this band loves, loves living life. And, and part of the beauty of like being able to go on the road and play music with people that you enjoy and to create art. I mean, it's not always prosperous. It's not always glamorous. And I think people know that like there's times where, you know, my six foot one frame is crumbled up, you know, in this like position where it looks like I'm dead, you know, and, 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 <laughs> and sleeping and you know you wake up with hangovers and this and that but the the fun thing about us i think is, is like we just take the opportunity to really enjoy what we're doing you know whether it's playing with other bands on the floor of you know a bar in the middle of nowhere or yeah having days <laughs> off like we just had a day off in new orleans you know so we could go and, and, and hang out and see the sights and the sounds and that was fun just taking advantage of you know, the opportunity to be able to go play music. Um, we do like to party, you know, that's, that's who we are. Oh yeah. Um, but that's okay. I mean, like having a good time, like there's nothing wrong with that, you know? So, um, but you know, I, listen, I wish I could say we were more productive and like, yeah, we write on the road, but like we're nine not. out of 10 bands that I know that I've ever been in never can really write on the road because it's like, you just don't find the time, you know, like you're busy. You got to worry about like different things. Um, so most of the time, you know, I find myself laughing, enjoying, like I'll bring stuff to like read or whatever, but I just never do it. I'm either listening to music or we're like chatting in the band and, um, you know, just looking at the sights and sounds of, of you know, the country and, and where we're going. Um, and the other thing too is I, 
me personally, I really like watching other bands, you know, where, wherever we go, I always find it interesting to just like watch the band or watch another guitar player and kind of learn a little bit from what they're doing and see what's going on. And um, obviously make connections and stuff like that. But um, I think we're a very fun band to be around. And I, I feel like that rubs off where you yeah. go. <laughs> People, we'll, we'll, we're that band that closes down the bar. You know yeah. what I mean? Like we're there till then. So. Hey man, I, I love that. You guys literally do live the embodiment of the rock and roll lifestyle. And, and that's what it's all about, man. It's about living in the, in the moment, right? I mean, you sometimes you only get party hard and work hard for sure. Because like, if you really think about it, I mean, um, probably like the tour of our most favorite venues that we played at was like in South Carolina and then in Mississippi. And it was like a small dive bar. And what people don't necessarily realize, especially like during the come up and during like smaller runs, um, you could be on like the road for like four to eight hours and you have an hour to get to the hotel, an hour to get dressed. And then next thing you know, you're at the venue. So you know, you don't necessarily always have the most time to have fun, but that's why we take it upon ourselves to have like the most craziest time the moment we perform. So like the moment we're at the venue at six to when we leave at 2 a.m., we choose to stay there from open to close. The moment they load into the moment um, the bar closes down is because that's like basically what we do it for. And it is an extremely enjoyable process. And sometimes the smallest, weirdest bars were probably the more fun ones to play at and actually with our new single release coming that was literally the reason why i wanted to write hell bad was just because of this small bar named tribbles in south, south carolina. carolina it was actually a gas station that got turned into a bar yeah and at one point they had like a really big fridge where it looked like they stored bodies in it like <laughs> you know we don't do anything specific to like have fun like it's not like we choose a diner to eat at or go skydiving every state that we go to but we do kind of explore every bar that we play the cities that we're in while we're at it and we visit a lot of starbucks's and then the moment we're in that bar the moment we're ready to play you know that you're partying with the dev and you're gonna have fun with the dev and that's kind of our thing starbucks's can't you just say starbucks starbucks uh, starbucks's starbucks, says, starbucks. Says, starbucks. Like every morning yeah literally <laughs> <The plural term. laughs> but um okay. we work hard and then we party really hard so you guys speak of starbucks do you guys have a favorite drink from starbucks i know i have one. Oh goodness i totally have one but i want to know yeah yeah everybody's got a drink so yeah. you, you can get everybody's like flavor and, and i guarantee you wouldn't be able to guess it no yeah, yeah, yeah. so mine this tour was the because it was cold everywhere we played i did the white chocolate mocha <laughs> <laughs> What would you guess would be my favorite coffee? <laughs> oh, man. He sings um, before, and he plays a lot of double bass drums. And he's like a Viking. Group. A Viking. Legit Viking. I would probably say anything with a double shot of espresso in it. Yeah, so completely the other way. Like, I'd get, like, uh, water. Basically, <laughs> it'd be, like, a lot of, anything with, like, a lot of cream and sugar. It's, like, really sweet, and it's just a normal caffeine content. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sounds like a caramel like ribbon vanilla. crunch. Yeah, vanilla, caramel, stuff like that. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Ryan? So mine's probably the most hardcore out of anybody. <laughs> I, I, mine is a of espresso and an ice fancy cup with ice and just a little bit of cream. That is it, man. That is my go-go juice for the day. But he likes the cream separate from the yeah, actual coffee. Because I, I just, I ever so slowly pour it in. It's a process because I don't want to <laughs> overdo it because if, if it's too much cream, it's like too sweet. Too much. I like to like get kicked in the face early in the morning. With that, so <laughs> that's my coffee. Yeah, mine, 
grande hot black coffee. Yeah. Usually it's like the Pike's Place or I, I really like the, the, the blonde roast if they got it. But yeah, it's yeah. Pike's Place, hot black, straight up. Mine just kind of depends um, if it's like a hot, like if the tour is a little bit more warm and I can actually have coffee where it doesn't mess with my voice. Um, I will do a venti um, cold brew coffee with three shots of espresso added onto it. And then um, two pumps of sugar-free vanilla and then light cream. So I like it really heavy or I just do a medicine ball tea with like seven pumps of honey. So I'm either really sweet and like tea or I'm cold brew with a lot of espresso and there's like no in between for me. <laughs> I can dig that. <laughs> is, is the honey um, like to help soothe your throat, like with your vocals and stuff? I know a lot of uh, vocalists tend to use honey and, you know, like yeah. uh, room temperature so, water to help with vocals. So like as a vocalist, there's a lot of things to technically steer away from. Um, I know you're technically not supposed to have a lot of dairies, you're not supposed to necessarily have a lot of acids because it can either strip your vocal cords or cause you to have too much mucus, like regenerate, I guess. But um, for the medicine ball, I'm not supposed to necessarily like it because there is lemonade in there. And I've never had an issue with drinking orange juices or like lemonades or like lemons. It never really affected my voice, but the honey really does kind of not necessarily soothe it, but coat your voice. And when you're in states that are like 15 degrees, 20 degrees, and you are wearing nothing but sequins and tights, and you are freezing to death, you take every measure as possible to keep and maintain your voice like lubricated because it gets very dry, no matter how much water you're drinking, because water itself sometimes doesn't hydrate your vocal cords like it needs to. So this last tour, up until the day that we were driving to Louisiana to actually just enjoy ourselves and it wasn't a show day, I was drinking so much tea. It's not even funny. And normally, um, what I forgot to add, I normally not only order like a big cup of coffee with lots of espresso, but I'll order like a whole entire cup of ice and just chew ice like a so- like a sociopath. It's, it's weird to hear yeah. that. Like chewing ice is <laughs> It's, it's like, like nails, nails on, on a yeah, chalkboard. Exactly. Like yeah. I, I, we're all just sitting there, like. Oh. I walked in with a cup of ice that I literally was chewing. Yeah. But even for this tour, it. I wasn't even able to chew as much ice as I'd personally like, just because if you do that, it can like clog up your like nasal passages, and it was beyond freezing. So it was a very honey-filled, tea-filled kind of tour. Oh man, you would not like Michigan. <laughs> That's where yeah, I stay. From New York. Oh, well, then you understand the cold. To the cold. But like vocals are vocals. And the thing with this is like, I can't restring a guitar. I, I can't restring my vocals or I can't, you know, tune instruments differently. So I quite literally have to treat my body a certain way in order for it to constantly perform on stage the way that I feel necessary. And I'm really tough on myself. So this tour, I took it upon myself to just not drink any coffee. And I literally wanted to cry every morning because <laughs> I love coffee. But it, it worked and my vocals didn't get shot. Right now they're a little tired, but that's just because it was nonstop singing these past few days. So, Man, you guys sound like you guys have quite the fun time on, on the road, man. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Yes, 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 we do. I, I always have an awesome time on the road. <laughs> best time on the road he may not remember it but he does have it. i remember most of it but he's also the comedian of the group so he'll get it going and the rest of us just spend like yeah hours just laughing (laughs) i love to do it i like making everybody laugh so 
That's my favorite part. That's my favorite part about being on the road <laughs> with these guys and this lady is uh, is making everybody laugh. And, and the other lady. We're a six person crew. Kelly, Kelly, our merch is, isn't here right now, but yeah, yeah. she's part of the uh, dev the dev crew, you know, so. Well, everyone but needs a merch person. It's, it's totally worth it. It's so much fun. How did you guys develop your sound? I mean, each band has their own unique sound and you guys definitely have your your unique sound. It's uh, I, I want to say it's kind of has like a kind of southerny, older fashioned rock vibe to it in a sense. It, does that make sense? Does that um, make sense? Yeah, I think it's probably just all of our influences because I, I can I think I can honestly say that not one person in the band. We, we I don't think we, we all disagree on. Yeah. 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 So it's like we each listen to something. Our favorite band is all something different. The so, only thing that we can agree on when it comes to musical taste is whatever we create for ourselves. But yeah. um, I think that's mainly the reason. Barrett is 100% right. If we went down a line and we all just said our like favorite artists, none of them are Very equivalent or similar. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of what made us us. And I guess the sheer fact that we all enjoy similar genres of rock, um, you know, alternative metal. And then when pop. we sit in a room, yeah, pop a little bit too. When we sit in a room, that's how we create it. But well, we all have similar bands that we all like as a whole that, yeah. that we yeah. all, that we all like, but, but it, they're not all our favorite bands. Like yeah. we all like stuff like Led Zeppelin, the Rolling Stones, right. David Bowie, mm-hmm. um, you know, and you know, whatever, everybody Nirvana and stuff like that. You know, we're all into all kinds of music, but um, but all of us have a very specific specific bands that we like more so than what everybody else in the bands like, if that makes sense. Yeah, we none none of our I mean, I think the reason why we're original and we come off original to most people is just because our origins are very natural and organic, the way Ryan described it, just us meeting. Um, we've never really sat in a room and tried to create something with a specific concept. If it doesn't form naturally, then we kind of really just don't like temper and mess with it. So from the name to how we met each other, to even our sound, it was just because like I, as Nikolai can, you know, write songs as Nikolai and Barrett and Ryan can, you know, whatever, whatever they want to put on guitar. And Chris has full control of his drums and John has full control of his bass guitar. And then whatever we feel like was fit or necessary to put into the song, we put into the song. And then that's just basically how every song is ever birthed. Um, Queen of the Damned, you know, Ryan, I believe came up with a hook and we all just kind of jumped in and, and finished it off. And, you know, to hell bent, Barrett came up with this idea and then we all just jumped in and we just kind of play off of each other a lot. And we're very accepting in this practice space of ours. I think that's kind of what every band has to be is, you know, to be cohesive is to take the time to listen to each other's ideas and whatnot. And it's cool that you guys all have a diverse taste of bands. You know, I, I think that's, that's helpful when it comes to to creating a unique sound is just kind of blending everyone's influences yeah. together. So I yeah, totally and a lot that. of times, a lot of times I've noticed like some people will say that like mm-hmm. their inspiration is this or their inspiration that the one cool thing about this band. And I think a lot of bands too, is just, it's not one person anymore that you're asking. Um, what was your inspiration for whatever art? You really get to see, you know, five different inspirations kind of merge into one. So it just becomes really like different and original and cool because it's not like we sat down one day and we're like, yo, we really want to sound like Tool or we really want to sound like my favorite band, System of a Down. It just, it happens. I was sent this excerpt 
that uh you guys have played with well some of you have been in bands with like uh alice cooper and stuff if i remember reading that right were some of you yeah. guys in bands with them that's badass so I, I was a, yeah i was in a band i was a hired gun for a signed artist and um like the first tour that i went on with this band actually the first show was opening up for alice cooper i think it was st louis and it was in front of like six to ten thousand people and the second song in my guitar tech hadn't adjusted my strap right and my guitar like strap broke and i was like so nervous i was so green anyways like you know and and that was probably the biggest crowd that i've ever been in front of um so that was my like introduction into like the big time was like hey dude like congrats you made the stage and then your guitar strap breaks and now <laughs> try to like try to figure it out and play the rest of the set you know but um yeah no it was it was a great experience and you know like i said i was really young i cut my teeth on that tour um because we did warp tour we toured with heart um you know we opened for alice cooper i mean it was insane and i truly didn't feel like i deserved to be there but i was like super you know humbled and glad that i i got to do it and was able to to be there and just the amount of like people that I was able to meet and the venues that I would see and just the experience that I got from it, from endorsements to the confidence level to, I mean, like Mike Inez was the bass player for Heart at the time and he had played with Allison Chains. You know what I mean? So like I'd be sitting yeah. there catering, having a beer with Mike Inez who was in Allison Chains, you know, one of the bands that's like this huge band. And it was just nuts, man. It was, it was so surreal and mind blowing every day. Um, so yeah, it, it was a great experience for sure. Hell yeah, that's man, I would be nervous as fuck to be playing with I bands like that. Something, man. Yeah, I'm over here doing this because I'm nervous as shit. I'm like, oh man, am I gonna make an ass of myself? So, you know, yeah, a little uh, liquid courage helps you get through some shit, you know. I don't know. I think sometimes when you meet somebody that's famous, a lot of times they don't want you to be starstruck and, and awe and, and yep. of them. They just want you to treat them like a normal person. So if you can take that approach and kind of remember that when you're talking to people who are on some other level above you and just remember that, like you said, we're all human beings at the end of the day. They're a human, too. They just happen to be you know, who they are. But on the inside, they're like everybody else. So, I mean, that's that's one way to kind of get rid of the nerves. Right. I mean, he that's the way out on Miles Kennedy or birthday. Right. He says like that. And then he was a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be like an idiot for it, but hey, you know, it happens. <laughs> it happens like, to hey, us all. Hey, Miles. Yeah. <laughs> it, it happens, though. It happens, though. We all have our moments. So, what is the craziest thing that has happened to you guys on the road? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um... I don't think we can answer that. I mean, I can tell, tell you a story that's one of the many but uh i was in arkansas playing a fraternity with this band that i just mentioned and it was a it was a one-off and we were like we had just played with alice or no yeah we played with <laughs> alice cooper we went to arkansas to play like a fraternity party because it was i'm sure a great guarantee and then we were jumping back up with alice cooper so in in this fraternity right next door was another fraternity and i guess the they were like neighboring like fighting fraternities like they didn't get along with each other so we parked the, the the bus in the fraternity parking lot, which, you know, a 45-foot Prevost bus takes up this huge amount of space. So we're on stage. We play for like an hour and a half, like whatever. And we get off and the tour manager comes into like our green room and he's like, hey, somebody slashed the bus tire. And we're all like, how the fuck do you slash a bus tire? The shit's fucking taller than me, you know? 
And so we go outside and we're inspecting it and he's pissed. And then like, we're trying to figure out what to do, what's going on. And he's like calling the label and stuff. And so me and all my infinite wisdom get super drunk. I drink a whole bottle of crown oil. I find like a buoy knife in the fraternity house. And I go next door and I try to start slashing like all the tires of the cars next door. Cause I'm like, fuck these motherfuckers, you know, just dumb shit. And I end up slicing my, my right finger, my index finger completely wide open. Now, mind you, you know, I'm right-handed. So I, I hold my guitar pick with that finger. So I'm oh, fuck. in the parking lot in Arkansas at, at somewhere, you know, with blood, I have skin flapped open. Like I could probably see my bone. Like the rest of the band's like, dude, what's wrong with you? Like they're trying to talk to the TM now to try to get me to the hospital. I lock myself inside the fraternity house, like in a bathroom. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to fix this. Cause I'm like, I didn't want to get fired. Cause that was my biggest worry was like, oh shit, they're going to fire me because I can't play guitar. So I drank another bottle of crown oil <laughs> and then I cleaned my finger. I wouldn't get out. And then I glued my, my skin together. And then the next day, like long story short, you know, kind of, we got it. We got the bus fixed and we're, we're on the road. And next day we play with Alice Cooper. Well, I'm so hung over that during sound check, I'm throwing up in the garbage can. Like I can't even stand up and my fingers bleeding everywhere. Like the, the, you know, the glue's coming out. So like I go get Starbucks, I come back. And then as we're playing, like my finger, blood starts flying everywhere as I'm, you know, flaring around and we're, and this is like metal, you know, chunky metal kind of new metal stuff. And so the crowd goes crazy because they think it's part of the show because it's Alice Cooper. So they think right. the opening band's got a guitar player who's spitting blood like Ace Freely with the fire out of his guitar. They're like, how the <laughs> fuck's this guy got blood's flowing everywhere? Well, my finger's just wide open, dude. And like, I'm just bleeding out of it profusely. So we get off stage and, you know, I clean it up or whatever. But uh, yeah, that's one of my stories, man. I got a lot of that. Like that. I'm a dumb fuck, but you know, it's, it's whatever. Dude, that's so fucking metal. <laughs> that, metal that's... I, so, yeah. Yeah. And I still have the scar. I never got it sewn up, but uh, I basically, it's right there. Oh, yeah, he does. Guys, yeah, okay. see it right there. But, uh, yeah, I just super glued it for like a couple of weeks and I was fine. <laughs> Didn't get fired. Thank God. Kept my job and, uh, you know, went on to play. But so that's, all the days work, man. That's fucking Rock metal, metal, dude. <laughs> wow. So, <laughs> I got others, but, you know, we'll keep it. <laughs> Whew, that's that's almost on the same level as like who was it fucking tony iomi who fucking lost his finger oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's yeah. up there with that yeah. shit dude i was very lucky i got to keep my finger so i'd say holy shit man that's i know that shit hurt on stage i know you felt oh, yeah. that oh, ow yeah I was just pissed that I couldn't slash a tire though. That, 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 that was, really <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to get revenge, you know, and it was like, uh, it wasn't gonna happen. no justice for that band, but it's cool. Yeah. Wow. All right. So that's your crazy story. Do any of you others have any crazy fucking stories like that one? See, the thing is, how do you top that? John's got a murder mattress. Thank you. Oh, yeah, we have a murder mattress. Oh, the murder mattress. Murder, we got a murder mattress story. Oh, oh man, that we sounds were, pretty uh, epic. We're playing a show in um, Cape, was it Cape Coral? Yeah. Yeah. So Southwest played, Florida. Southwest Florida, a uh, band that Ryan and I were in together. And uh, we, we went back to Arcadia because we were going up to Tampa, I think, the next day to play the Brass Mug. But we were playing a show with another band called Nine Mile Drive. They all lived in Arcadia. So their manager 
told us of a hotel that we could stay at in Arcadia so we wouldn't have to drive all the way up to Tampa and find a place to stay. So we get in this hotel, we end up paying like 75 bucks to sleep for what, five hours maybe. Um, and the drummer we had at the time, Josh was like, you got to check all the mattresses before you sleep in here just to make sure there's no nefarious shit going on. And we're just like, dude, fuck you. We're we're tired. (laughs) So this cat like pulls up the freaking sheets and I got a picture of it in in my phone somewhere. I think on Instagram or some, some, someplace. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Ryan has it on his Instagram, but it's, it's him holding up the mattress. There was a blood stain and a knife yeah. underneath the mattress. Shit you not, dude. Like, for real. Like, like, we were just like, oh, my God, we're going to die. Wow. Yeah. And he kept the knife. The drummer kept the knife. I mean, hey. He kept what the evidence. The he kept the evidence. I mean, you know, ongoing pending investigation. We can't really talk about any more of it. Um, no, I'm just yeah. kidding. Interview's <laughs> over. But, <laughs> but, yeah, that was pretty nuts. That was weird. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, there's some others. There's a bunch of other stuff. Dude, but that's fucking back. wild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah man so when you when you're out traveling and you're at a hotel that doesn't look like you know just make sure you check underneath the mattress because you Always. never know what's hiding tell your band it could be a dead body a knife a, a little kid you never know, you never know. <laughs> shit yeah. i should have done that when i was in money sometimes you find money there i yeah. mean you luck out but just watch out for morning. interdimensional portals yeah interdimensional portals are, are dangerous rick and morty shit yeah. serious serious Dude, business sounds like the time my band opened up for soulfly in detroit Stay at this oh. sketchy ass motel. Paid like two fifty for like two days, right? Got in there, no microwave, no toiletries, no refrigerator, trash piled all up, you know, all up and down the the way to walk to your room. And then I talked to one of the people who work at the hotel. Oh yeah, there was a homeless guy that was found dead about ten feet from your room the other day. <laughs> oh my god! Wow. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> so I feel that on the sketch, you know, check the mattress and. Uh, Oh man, tales from the road, tales from the road, man. <laughs> All right. Um. Well, shit. <laughs> you can tell I'm kind of new at this. Uh. All right. So I'm looking at your guys' uh Spotify thing. You guys have played with some some pretty hardcore bangers out there, man. Avenged Sevenfold, Five Finger Death Punch, Kill Switch, Engage, Nonpoint. They were just through here recently um tremonti avatar all that remains flyleaf that's so cool i mean that you guys have experienced i mean because all these bands are so diverse and you guys have have been able to play with all of them which means your sound is really diverse and that's yeah it's really cool you're playing festivals man you get to play with a bunch of different bands from all different genres so so that's a question. Would you guys rather play festivals or would you guys rather play, you know, like regular shows? Depends Which do you prefer? Run. Uh, when we played Walk on the Rockville, it was probably one of the best festivals I've ever seen put together. Like bathrooms were clean. There was no yeah. lines. Everyone was knowing exactly what was happening. It was it was very uh, structured and organized. But there's also some festivals out there that, you know, can be a, a shit show. <laughs> so it just it depends, you know. Yeah. And then, I, I pro- probably for me, I'd probably just like regular shows, you know, it's because you're, you're consistent, you know, it's a consistent for the most part, mm-hmm. you know, I think it just depends and varies because both of them are on different scales. So playing at smaller shows, I mean, even like the smallest of dive bars, I can say that we have probably had more close encounters and like more like close conversations with our fans and followers and funnier stories and things that we can 
like rec recollect from just literally talking to an individual person. Um, then we played like, you know, larger places like House of Blues and the Orpheum and you can't really talk to people. You don't really get yeah, to talk to people really much, good. but you do get to appreciate maybe better sound, better stage and then larger crowds, yeah. larger crowds and you can like converse with the bands more at festivals. It's such a large scale that you don't really get to talk to fans as much until they like stop you when you're like going to grab food or maybe they see you like backstage, but that's just more so for like the energy. So each of them are on complete different scales and you really get completely different um, encounters and just experiences through them. I personally do not care whether I'm playing at a Kadai bar or like a stadium or a festival because as long as you go in with the mindset that you're going to like take something from that day and you're going to do your absolute best, you will have a moment or something to recollect from later on and being like, Oh wow, this show was really good for this and this reason for me, Rockville was really dope because I met a lot of people that I just don't know. I mean, there are people that now when I go on live stream or the band goes on live stream, I can say that I remember Bethany from Rockville and she can tell me that she bought this hat from someplace. Or if we played at a dive bar in South Carolina, we literally all want to get matching tattoos because the owner was the dopest dude ever. And it's just kind of, it just all depends, I guess. Personally, I couldn't care less. Whoa, yeah, what's this tattoo you're talking about? <laughs> yeah, <they're>, yeah. <laughs> I think for all of us, if we're playing, we're happy. Yeah. You know? It doesn't really matter where, when, where, why, what the occasion is. If we're playing our instruments, we're in our element. You know? As long as we're like playing that. and there's people that appreciate it. Because mm -hmm. sometimes, be surprised, person, there's right? like tougher <laughs> crowds. And then it gets me nervous <laughs> just because I'm always the one dressed up in like the weirdest outfits. And um, yeah. But yeah, as long as we're playing, he's right. <laughs> I can dig that. I, I really like that answer, man. That's yeah. I, I definitely understand that. They're all equivalent and they're all worth the same, to be honest. Well, yeah, I, I like how you said, as long as you can take something positive out of it, you know, and I mean, if, with each show, it seems like people grow you know, with yeah. just everything all about it, you know, and later on down the road, as you said, you can recollect, you know, oh, I went to this show and met this person and so-and-so. And I've heard of people doing that, you know, seeing someone, meeting someone six years prior and they come to a meet and greet and they're like, oh yeah, I remember you, you yeah. know, stuff like that. You know, I, I like, I like that when bands take the time to interact with their fans, you know, yeah. because a lot of fans get really nervous you know, about speaking to, you know, their favorite artist or musician, because I, I think it's just that whole stigma about famous people, you know, that they're on this whole other level. And so people, you know, just become nervous for some reason. And when those bands take the time out to, you know, whether at the merch table or whatever, to speak to them and make that connection, it, it makes them feel special. You know, yeah. I, I like that. Absolutely. I like that. I, I like that you guys do that. We got some fans that like, we still remember like from like, we know like on a first name basis now, just because they start to become friends. I personally was at like universal months ago. Um, we have um, a merch shirt that literally has my face like plastered on it. And I was with my mom and my mom does not listen to any rock, but my rock. And she was wearing a dev shirt and the guy was wearing a queen of the damn shirt. And I had like no makeup, my hair in a bun. And I looked so homey. But the first reaction I had was to like literally just go up to him and say thank you because we would not be able to do what we do unless like we literally have people that want to come and talk to us or come and support us and appreciate everything. So 
man. I, I just really want to thank you guys for taking the time out to speak to, to my, you guys have been super chill. Um, I don't want to take up any more of you guys' time. So, um, yeah, I, I really, I really thank you guys for taking the time out to speak with me. Um, you know, and just being really down to earth, you know, I do appreciate that. Thank you for having us. Yeah. We appreciate it. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, man. Yeah. Anytime. You're listening to rock at night. The introductory song, Get On Down, is from blues artist Billy, Billy Bass Alford. Look for his music at ReverbNation.com.